Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. You guys look great today. Can you turn and tell somebody they look good today? Make sure that it's appropriate. Just say, you look good today. Go and tell them. Well, guys, listen, really excited about today's message. We've been walking through the book of Mark. We've been leaning into it. We've been taking our time. We've been studying it. And we're allowing the text to dictate every weekend what we're teaching on. Um, we're going to be coming to, to the end of this pretty soon. And we're going to be launching a new series as we start in August. It's a series. It's a church-wide campaign. And it, the title of the whole series is this, Is Jesus Better? We're going to be studying through the book of Hebrews and really getting into it. But all of our small groups that are going to be launching really soon in the next several weeks. And all of our classes, we're going to be looking at the book of Hebrews, Is Jesus Better? And so we are only in Mark chapter 5, and we've been here for a year and a half. So that's just, I'm just kidding. We haven't been here a year and a half. It may feel that way, but we're going to continue to lean into this book for a few more weekends. And then we'll put this on pause and we'll launch our fall series that's coming up really soon. But I'm just excited about what God is doing. Today I'm dealing with something that uh, it it feels a little, might feel a little strange for you. Some people have lots of opinions all over the map about it. But today, the title of today's message is simply this, Living in a World with Demons. Anybody ever seen one of those demons? You got one of those running around your house or your church? Anybody? Listen, living in a world with demons. And so we're going to lean into this for a minute today because I believe God wants to set many of us free. I believe he wants to inform us through, his, through his, the word of God, through the text, through all the things that, that we're going to be looking at today. Because God wants us to understand not the power of Satan. He wants us to understand the power of himself living in us and through us on this world. Amen. So that's what we're going to be talking about. But before I get into this, there, there are a couple extremes when you start talking about demonic presence and demonic powers and everybody. It's kind of like, can we just not talk about that and talk about Jesus? And yes, but it's important to understand that we live in a spiritual world. It'd be ignorant of us to, to ignore that side and just say, well, it's okay. It's just God is good. And yes, he is. But we need to understand the flip side of it so we can understand how good our God really is and how powerful he really is. But there are these extremes. You have those who, who don't even acknowledge that there is a demonic um, realm in the world that we live in. And then you have those who obsess about it all the time. And behind every sneeze or yawn, there's a, there's a demon coming in or going out. It just depends on what it is. But I want to read a quote from C.S. Lewis before we get into the text today regarding spiritual warfare. Though this is is not a message on spiritual warfare, but this is what C.S. Lewis wrote. It was in the preface of one of his books. But this is what C.S. Lewis wrote. He wrote this. There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors. So these are errors on both sides. But something you need to understand is this, is that 
that God created you. He created the world. He created the things of this world to bring him glory and to bring him honor. And you need to understand this. Satan's number one purpose is to defile and to destroy the ability of God's creation to bring him glory through our lives and through the world. So whether it's sexuality, whether it's marriage, whether it's education, whether it's the Bible, whether it's truth, the the reality is that Satan's main goal is to defile it so it no longer brings honor to the Lord, which also includes humanity. And that's what we're looking at today. Satan hates humans. He hates humanity. Here's the reason. Because you were created and made in the image of God to bring him glory and honor. So every time he looks at you, he is reminded that he's actually defeated, just so you know that. So his purpose is to destroy our lives in such a way that we can no longer walk and function in the authority and the power that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so today's message, yes, it is about Satan, but not really. Today's message is about the power of Jesus over Satan that would try to influence our lives. So as we come to the text today, remember, last week we talked about Jesus and his disciples sailed out over the Sea of Galilee or to or on the Sea of Galilee to the other side. Out in the middle of this, the storm kicks up. The disciples freak out. They say, Jesus, don't you care about me? They wake him up. He stands up. He says, why are you afraid? Why don't you have any faith? He speaks to the wind, to the waves. Everything, the lake becomes like glass. And they sail across peacefully. They get to the other side and this is, they probably got there early in the morning. It took them a while because of the storm. They arrive early in the morning and then we pick up in this text after they arrived. This is what they encountered as they stepped foot on the land on the other side. Let's read Mark chapter 5. They went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, and he tore the chains apart and broke the irons of his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones." When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion. He was talking about the demons. I'll talk about that in just a moment. He replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. Speaking of the demonic powers inside of him. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs and allow us to go to them. He gave them permission and the impure spirit came out and went into the pigs. The herd, actually, just, as, just real quick, this is the first reference in the Bible about deviled ham. We'll move forward. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) Please, please continue with me. Okay, all right, all right. My kids are like, oh, dad, I know, I know they are. Okay, so he gave the permission, (laughs) and the emperor's spirit came out and went to the pigs. They heard about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake where they drowned. 
those trending, sorry, those tending, trending would be a Twitter, this is not Twitter. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told, told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave the region. I mean, they were freaked out. They thought, oh my gosh, who is this? What's going on? The, all this commotion that's going on in our, in, our, in our towns, in our cities. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him but said, go home to your home people. And tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away, began to tell in the Decapolis about how Jesus had done for him. This Decapolis simply means the, the area of around ten cities. And all the people were amazed. And this is the passage we have today. And the reality is this, that we do have a bit of an obsession in our world about demonic powers. Some of the, some of the uh, most popular movies that would come out and people would watch them. I know The Exorcism of Emily Rose, The Ring, all these different movies that exalt the demonic. What's very interesting that people will go and they'll watch a demonic movie and they'll open their hearts and their minds to that. They'll be entertained by it. They will feel fear. They will, feel, they, they will have nightmares. They will dream. They will feel dark presence. But then they'll still say they don't believe in demonic powers, which just blows my mind. But the reality is we do live in a spiritual world. And so we do live in a world with demons. And so I want to take some time today as I was preparing this, I thought, you know, probably a lot of us have questions about demons. We have questions about their function. And, and so I just, I thought of some questions that probably all of us have. And how can we lean into this and how can we gra grab some biblical truths that help us answer these questions? The question number one about living in a world with demons is number one, who are they? So who are they? Where did they come from? Why are they here? Why are they real? It's a very simple answer, but I'll explain in just a moment, which the answer is this. Demons actually are fallen angels that do the will of Satan. They're fallen angels that do the will of Satan. It's important to know that this is the, this is the whole idea. We, you need to know this, that Satan is a fallen angel. You need to understand that out of, in Isaiah 14, we read about Lucifer's fall, and Lucifer was a high-ranking angel. He had a lot of authority. He was, he was a leader of the angels, one of the leaders of the angels, one of the archangels that is in heaven, and he was in love with himself. He wanted all the worship. He wanted all the praise. And he got jealous as, as, as people would worship God or, or as angels would worship God or bring glory to God. He wanted some of the praise himself. So he was in love with himself. So he began to, to almost raise himself up in other positions. And so because he wanted to be in the position of God, he rebelled against God. And God cast him out of heaven with the other angels that were on his side and with him. The scripture says that one third of the angels were cast out of heaven who rebelled with Satan. So you need to understand this first off is that Satan and his demons are fallen 
angels. So they are fallen. God cast them out of heaven. We have this idea that we live in a world, in a spiritual world, where God is duking it out with Satan. And he's, they're, they're in the boxing ring and they're going to town. And sometimes Satan gets a good hook and sometimes God gets a good jab in. And, and they're duking it out and we don't know who's going to win and what's not going to. Listen, God has full authority over Satan. It is not Satan and God duking it. It is God and Satan living in this world. So that's why it's important for you to understand. First off, God has full authority over the demonic realms of this earth. Amen? So that's important for us to know. But the reality is that Satan is organized. He's very strategic. He has been watching uh, mankind. Remember, his whole goal is to defile mankind and humanity because he despises us. I don't know if you came. I know you came to hear that God loves you today. But equally, you need to know that Satan hates you. He hates you. Because a person who is functioning... In the role of a king and a priest that scripture says that we're called to be on this earth is a person who is destroying and pushing back the darkness of hell on this earth. And so Satan's whole goal is to tempt you, to trick you, to to scheme against you, to get you to be less than God has created you to be. And he does that through sin. But the reality is this. We live in this world. And so we know, actually Jesus said this, and I want you just to read what Jesus said, that we have that in Isaiah. When, when the disciples went out, they were casting demons out of, out of people. They came back, they said, man, Jesus, this is pretty cool. We cast demons out in your name. And then Jesus said this out of Luke 10. He said this, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, meaning he was letting them know that they were fallen. The reason why they're subject to you, disciples, is because you have the power of me on your side and demonic presence or demonic um, spirits are fallen angels. They are subject to me. And so that's what we need to know. They are fallen angels. Just real quick, just so you can be aware, many times I hear, you know, how come there is, there is so much more demonic activity in the scriptures? Because it seems like we see it all the time. Like Jesus walks around and this person casts this demon out, casts that demon out, and, and, and there was all this, all this activity. Well, the reality is this, you have to understand that in Israel, the Israel is, was the center of God's purpose and plan for all of humanity. So he made a covenant with Abraham, and he gave Abraham the borders of the land that he promised would be to Abraham's seed. But Abraham's seed, to be the blessing to the world, was going to be the Messiah, which Galatians says. It's not to the seeds, uh, plural. Galatians says to the seed, meaning Jesus Christ. So Satan was busy in this area of Israel because he knew, one, the covenant of God with Abraham. Two, he knew the covenant of God to the Jewish people. Three, he knew the covenant of God through Abraham would come the seed, the Messiah. So they, they were very concentrated there. So we saw it happening all the time. Secondly, very practical thing, and I just want to give you this little blurb. You may not care or not. Very practical thing is this. Population at the time was a lot less than what it is now. So one-third of, one-third of the angels were cast out of heaven. They are, they are numbered. So in other words, they can't multiply. They, they can't duplicate. They are created beings. And so one-third came. There is a limited amount of number. So they're here. So when the population is less, naturally, they're just percentage-wise, you're going to see more demonic activity if you're in a more concentrated area when the world has a, has a much smaller population. And so this was happening. But here, here's the good news. Um, demonic powers can't duplicate, but 
the people of God can. And every person that becomes a, a follower of Jesus then is given the authority to overcome the demonic powers of the world. So we are multiplying and we're pushing back the darkness of this world, though they are not multiplying. So that should make you feel good that we are growing and they are not. Amen? And that's something you need to know. Question number two about living in a world with demons is this. Can a Christian be demon-possessed or be possessed by a demon? Drum roll. Someone give me a drum roll. The answer is no. Everybody say no. You cannot be possessed by a demon if you are a follower of Jesus. If you are a son or daughter of Jesus, of God, through his son Jesus, you've asked him to forgive you. You are walking in a life that he's called you to walk in. You have become a part of his family. You cannot be possessed by a demon. Now, there are, there are evident things, various degrees of which demonic spirits, evil spirits can affect and control our lives. I won't be going into all of them today. So you thought you just came, you're going to get some, you're going to get some stuff to think about today. But there are these things that are really happening. But as a Christian, you can't be possessed, but you can be, they can have an effect on you. They can have an influence on you. And if you, if you come into agreement with the devil and a lie that he's told you that, you know what, you'll be happier if, you just, if, you'll, if you'll just move on and divorce your, your spouse. You'll be happier if you'll go and, and use this substance to numb your pain. You'll be happier if you'll just get online and look at some pornography. You'll be happier when, once you believe the lie and then begin acting the sin out. What happens is then the demonic powers begin to have control on you. They can control you, they can influence you, but as a believer, they cannot possess you. But I want you to understand this. Some people think, I'm, you know, I'm possessed or they're possessed. No, they might be influenced, but they can't be controlled. And this question of this, can a Christian be possessed by a demon? I just want to leave you with a little statement that can hopefully help you understand this moving forward. And this, this is the statement. The reality is this. Jesus will, will not and does not live in a duplex with Satan in your life. It's just not happening. He doesn't knock on the devil's door. Hey, you having any sugar? Listen, he, he is in you. He is, he, you are a part of him. You're a part of his family. He has come into your life. He is inside of you. He is there. This is your, your soul is his home. He rules and he reigns it. He will not share it with a demonic power. Amen? Amen? Question number three. What are some signs, though, of demonic influence or control? And this is something I want to lean in a little bit today. I want us to examine, all of us in this room, if we might have some type of influence. If there might be something in our life that is controlled by a demonic spirit or demonic power. So how do we know this? Now listen, I am looking at from the context of this passage today out of Mark chapter 5. And so we're going to look at this. It's important also to understand, I, you know, I've heard before some people say all sickness, including mental illness, is produced by the, by the devil. But Jesus made a distinction about that. 
The Bible says that he healed those with diseases, and it also says that he cast out evil spirits who were sick. So if someone was sick and it was caused by a demonic spirit, he would cast the demon out and they would be healed. Some of them were just sick and he would heal them. So there's two distinctions. The reality is this, it's a mistake to, to see um, a demon behind every illness because the reality is this, we are human, and things are going to happen to our flesh. I, listen, I would love to, to, um, to go and be with God like, a, like, uh, like Elijah, just kind of taken up with a chariot of fire and just gone. Gone. There we go. I would love that. I would love to be like Enoch that walked with God and then he was not. Where'd he go? He's with God. But the reality is that's an exception. That's really not the rule. All of us, unfortunately, are faced with the, with the vulnerability of our humanness. And so the reality is this, sometimes it's just human. If I hit myself in the head with a hammer, it's going to hurt and I'll probably pass out. Why? Because I'm human. And so we need to understand the distinction between the two. But when we look at this demon-controlled individual, the Scripture actually mentions several symptoms and they're, four, they're just four symptoms. They're not exhaustive. I know there's a lot more, but I just want to take this context and I want to recognize from this passage and look at these behaviors. So what is one symptom or behavior of a demonic control or influence on your life? Number one, it is when someone is acting violently. That is, that's a sign here. The Bible says in Mark chapter 5, verse 4, it says this, that he often had chain, he chained hands and feet, but he would, tore, he would tore the chains apart, he broke the irons on his feet, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. This was a violent individual. And so what is it that makes people do horrific acts of violence? What makes individuals kill innocent people or, or, or shoot up movie theaters or, or schools or, or kill babies in the womb or mass shootings? All of this is motivated by the demonic. And I'm just being honest with you. All of it's motivated by the demonic power. And so we live in a violent culture where it's hardly we can go by one week without, or a day without hearing some violent act against someone that maybe was even innocent or a violent act against children. All of this is demonic. Jesus said Satan is a murderer and he is a liar and he is out to destroy mankind. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But here's the beautiful part. Jesus said, but I have come to give you life and and so you can live it abundantly. That's why Jesus said, I have come. Another symptom is number two, is that you are obsessed with death. A symptom or, or, or a, something that you know is, is, is demonic activity when someone is being obsessed with death. The Bible says this in Mark 5, 3, that he, he was a man that lived among the tombs. Listen, for them, they, they, they were not supposed to be around dead bodies. What's very interesting what this meant is this man felt more at home among the tombs than he did in his own home. Sometimes a morbid obsession with death and dying can be an evidence of demonic influence or demonic control on our lives. And there are some troubled people who believe also that they can talk and communicate with 
the dead people, seances or Ouija boards or tarot cards or whatever you want to, that's, con, that's, that's somehow communicating with the dead. Listen, if you get any advice from your grandmammy that's been seven years, I would reject it, okay? And since If she's been dead for seven years, reject it. It's not your grandmammy, okay? No disrespect. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm just telling you. If someone says I can talk to, to, to dead, I, I see dead people, What's, what movie was that? If someone says that they can talk to dead people and then tell you what they're saying, th- let me just, just give you just a, just a cue. It's demonic. Run from it. If you, if you want to get on a Ouija board and get some, get some answer from somebody, from listen, parents, be very careful what you allow your children to be involved in. Be very careful what you allow your children to, to entertain them. Be very careful that they're not getting their kicks off of the spirit of fear about demonic powers and things that come from the dead. An obsession with death is demonic. And this is the reality. Another Symptom of demonic activity is number three, self-harming. Scripture says this in Mark 5, verse 6, it says this, Night and day among the tombs in the hills he, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Since I was a, a youth pastor from the late 90s, this has been something in the lives of young people that I've seen quite often. It's called self-injury or it's called cutting. All, all the statistics say that one in five females will cut and one in seven males. This isn't new. This isn't something that came on the scene. This is something that the, the devil has been influencing mankind for thousands of years to harm themselves because he can't stand them. The individuals many times that that are cutting themselves will say things like they're hurting on the inside and they can't find a relief from the source of their pain so the enemy lies to them. A demonic spirit lies to them and, and says to them that it would feel better by doing something where they at least they know the source of their own pain and so therefore they would cut themselves. It's demonic. It's an influence. It's because Satan hates families. He hates young people. He's out to destroy you, young people. You need to understand this. You need to know that that is a demonic voice speaking to you. And we're going to come to the place today that you can understand. You can refuse that demonic voice and walk in victory in your life and no longer become a puppet of Satan. Amen? Amen. And that's what we want for everybody today. I think the reason why after he cast the demons out of the human and to the pigs, why they killed themselves is because there was no human restraint on their life. That, that is a gift given to mankind. Though the man cut himself, the reality is when those spirits went into the pigs, they did exactly what Satan wants to do with all of us, is run us off a cliff and kill us. Because he doesn't like you. Another symptom of demonic influence in our lives that we, today, we need to take an evaluation of and say, okay, is there any of this area that's happening to me? Is number four, sexual perversion. Something to understand, the reality is this, God gave sex to, to us as humans as a gift. I mean, he gave it as a gift from the beginning of the garden from Adam and Eve and, 
Like it, it was a gift because it's powerful and it's, 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 it is from God to mankind. Satan doesn't own sex. God created it for our good. And everybody says, amen. But there are some parameters. Satan perverts sex. What per- perversion means is the wrong version of what God had in, God had in store for it. So any act of sexuality that is outside of the boundaries that God has set, which is one man, one woman in marriage, anything outside of that holy circle of sex is what's called sexual perversion. You can, you can name it what you want. You can call it what you want. It doesn't matter. You can spin it and talk about it and say, can't we all just love each other? The reality, if it's outside of a, sex is outside of a marriage between one man and one woman in the covenant of marriage, it's what's called sexual perversion. Done. Over. That's what it is. And that's important for us to understand. And so something for us to understand today, that if, if you're acting in some type of sexual perversion, that's just not the act of the flesh. That's just not, uh, I'm just, it's just a drive that I have. No, no, no. If you are acting outside of God's holy circle of sex, then you are being influenced by the demonic. In Luke chapter 8, verse 27, the account of this, this same interaction says that this man, he ran around, he was wearing no clothes. It was, this, it was perverted. And we live in a culture that is so highly sexualized. Sex is about, it's everywhere, it's everything. Listen, things have rapidly changed just in 10 years and 15 years from my journey with God, the way things were 20 years ago than the way, way things are now, the, re, the, the availability of, of sexual perversion. It's, it's everywhere. And Satan is doing his best to trap as many people as possible in sexual addiction and perversion. But even it's so much today, people even make their own sexual identity as their number one thing in their life. So just so you're aware, sexual addiction, sexual deviant behavior, pornography, they're all deadly traps of Satan. And God gave everyone a wonderful, powerful sex drive as a gift with parameters. And in it, God is pleased, and you are holy, and you are righteous, and God gives you a thumbs up and said, it was my idea. Husband and wife, have a great time. That's what he says. I know it's awkward, you know, like he just said that, but I'm just being honest with you. I want to look at Hebrews chapter 13. And what Scripture says about and this is in the message, and I love the way this is written. Honor marriage and guard the sacredness of sexual intimacy between wife and husband. God draws a firm line against casual and illicit sex. Satan wants to take any normal, God-given desire, and he wants to pervert it. And then on the other side, then the other trap that he lays is then then. Sometimes Christian families, and because it's the world we live in, we have to be so hyper-protective of our kids that they, they leave the, the home, and, and we've told them their whole life, sex is bad, sex is wrong, sex is terrible, so save it for the one you love. And they're thinking, I, 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 I don't know. 
And that's why we got to be careful. We need to let them see it as God's idea. Don't let Satan rob sex from, from, from the bond of marriage and somehow pervert it in our minds. Let's reclaim. How about this? Let's reclaim sex, okay? Man, I, listen, nobody's really supporting. I just, I, anyway, we'll move on. I'm just kidding. I, I know it's awkward, but it's important because I love you and I want to speak directly to you so that we can take a step forward in God's kingdom together. So, Here's the reality. You're thinking, great, thanks, Jason. You just freaked me out with all this demonic stuff. <laughs> now, listen, here's the good part. If you're facing this today in your life, if you're influenced in any of those areas, if you find yourselves actually with, with violent um, images that are flashing in your mind and you don't know where they're coming from, or you find yourself with this rage and anger, you realize, I don't know where this comes from. If you find yourself overwhelmed with lustful thoughts and you're thinking, my gosh, I don't want these, but they're there. If you find yourself with this impulse sexually that you can't stop or it, you're, you're being led and it's, it's, this, it's this seduction into some sexual relationship that you know is not, is not right, Here, here's the reality that today, if you're facing this in your life, today God wants to set you free free through his son, Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's the reality. Jesus has come to give you life, and he can give it to you just like he did this man. Just like this man was faced with all of these issues in his life, and Jesus, by speaking to him, set him free. So here's the fourth question then is this. How can I be set free? Here's the question, or here's the, here's the answer. Number one, there's, there's, there's four of them. Number one, run and call out to Jesus. This is what the man did. When Jesus came, listen, this, this man probably told himself before, maybe he said, you know what, I'm just going to go out to the fields and I'll work on this myself and I'll, I'll order a couple books off of Amazon. I'll watch a few YouTube videos on how I can overcome these impulses that I have. And, and listen, I, I can beat this thing. I can do it because, you know, I'm a strong man. I can, I can deal with this myself. I can, I can overcome this. And then he was, he was confronted with the cruel oxymoron of the word self-help. It won't happen. In, the, in, the, in this area of our lives, there is only one person who can set us free, and his name is Jesus Christ. And the only thing we can do to be set free is to run and call out to Jesus. And that's what this man, this is this, what this man did. Listen, please reject the lie that if you just work harder, if you just read more books, if you just do this. Listen, if you haven't ran and called out to Jesus, you will never get the victory over your life. So step one, run and call out to Jesus. Number two, acknowledge that you have demonic influence in your life. This is very difficult if you're a prideful individual. You've been maybe walking with the Lord for a long time. It's very difficult to acknowledge that because somehow we think if we acknowledge any weakness, we're not the super Christian that, that maybe the Christian culture makes everyone have to, have to perform and be. But here's the reality. We, if you want deliverance in your life, you need to acknowledge that you have demonic influences and temptation in, in your life. Call it like it is so that Jesus can set you free. This is what the man did. He ran up to Jesus. He, he called out to him. This poor man had a, had a legion of demons in him. What this means is he, was, he felt an entire regiment of, of demonic soldiers marching through his personality and giving him impulses. And Jesus wanted the man to admit and name his problems. That's why he asked what his, what his name was. So if you're being influenced by, by the devil, obsession, addiction, impure habits, self-harming, the demonic influence must be addressed in your life. 
Before you can find healing, you just have to admit that you have the issue. And my friend, all you need to do is cry out to Jesus, and he will set you free. He will set you free. He will liberate you. And the best way to remain free after Jesus sets you free is number three, is you need to share your story of God's deliverance. I think the greatest thing you could ever do is to allow your story of deliverance to set other people free. The greatest slap that you can give the devil in the face is after Jesus sets you free, you go tell someone else that you've been set free and allow God to use you to set others free through your life. This is what Jesus told this man who'd been set free. Mark chapter 5, he says, go home to your own people. This word home actually means household. I'm talking about in, in, in a moment. To your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Now he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the Decapolis, 10 cities, how much Jesus had done for him. This word home means household. What this means to me is this man, he had a home. He had a wife. He had children. And there's no telling of the torture that he had inflicted on his family. But what we do know, because he's out in the fields, that mom and kids sit down at the dinner table and there's, a, there's an empty chair where dad used to be. But things got so bad in the house that he couldn't stay anymore. And I could just imagine the reality of Jesus telling this man, hey, listen, I want you to go home. I want you to tell him what happened. So the man walks from the fields and he's clothed now. Spirit's different. And he finds his house and he, and he knocks on the door. He, and the wife answers the door and she's probably first cringing in fear and remembering all the things that he used to do and used to be. And the kids are huddled behind her. And, and all of a sudden, she sees him. He, he looks like the same man, but something's different about him. And he smiles. He says, sweetheart, I, I gotta tell you something. I met a man named Jesus today and he gave your husband back to you. Maybe he took her hand and said, I'm so sorry what I've inflicted on you. But the power of the devil has been broken over my life because of Jesus Christ. Maybe when he got his kids and he said, God says, I'm so sorry that I've hurt you and I've abused you and I've made you be in fear in our own home and I maybe destroyed your belief in, in, in man and husbands and, and being a protector. But I'm going to ask you to, to give me another chance because this man named Jesus set me free today and he gave you your daddy back he never meant to become the shell of the man that he was that he used to be the same in all of our lives Jesus came for that man what I love about this passage is in the story Jesus crosses the sea of Galilee at the end of chapter 4 the storm kicks up. He tells it to be, to, to be quiet. It's quiet. It comes across. They land on, on, on the shore. There's one story on the other side, and it's this man. 
Jesus knew what he was doing. He said, remember what he said before he got in the boat with the disciples. He says, let's go to the other side. He went to the other side for that man. But just not that man. That man's wife. That man's children. And Jesus went to the other side. He came to this earth. He crossed the chasm of sin that separates you from God. How sin dominates and demonic powers had free reign in your life. Jesus came. He took the full curse of sin on his life. He ripped the veil from top to bottom so that all can come into the presence of God if they are in relationship with him. And when he did that, he also stripped Satan of all authority over your life. He stripped him naked and drug him out into the courtyard of eternity. And he said, I have just taken back what belongs to me. And so that all who put their trust in Jesus Christ can be delivered from every demonic influence over your life. And that's what he wants to give you today. Whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're dealing with, some of you men, you never set out to have the the struggles of addiction that you have today. You thought you could beat it. You thought you could overcome it. You thought if you could just man up. But the reality is it's demonic. And you need a Jesus. You need to run to him. Some of you dads, you had, you had great dreams of being the dad. But you've become the shell of a man you never thought you'd be because of the addictions and the temptations and the images. and the, It has robbed you from your confidence. Some of you moms have believed the lies of what you look like. Who you are. Too fat, too skinny too tall, too short. You've you've lived a life of insecurity because the enemy has sought out to destroy you, to rob you of the woman, the godly woman that God's called you to be, to rule and reign in his kingdom with him. You used to be, you had dreams of, but now today, you're the shell of a woman that you never thought you'd be. Today, run to Jesus. Admit what's going on and receive your deliverance today. Amen? This is what God wants to do in this room this morning. He wants to set you free from every demonic influence over your life. We've tried to hide it. We've tried to cover it. We've tried to act like it wasn't there. We've jumped through this hoop. We just thought if I was, and it's never happened. Today, Jesus says, it will happen today if you'll come to me. I'm going to ask us if we we can just stand to our feet just for a moment. And I'm going to ask you today, that if you sense, it may not mean you're acting on it. It may not mean that in any of this. But I'm just going to ask you today. If you sense that there is any demonic influence in your marriage, on your children, in your mind, over your spirit, over your body. I'm going to ask you right now as a step of faith 
to come forward to this altar and you meet with your God and you get your deliverance. I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat right now and come forward. Let's do some business with God today. Amen. Come on. If this is where you are, don't be ashamed. You think, I don't want to do this because I'm admitting I'm weak. You know why? Because you are weak and you need Jesus. You need to come to this altar. It's time you no longer walk in this, in this corruption of the enemy that he has over your life. He wants to set you free today through the power of the Holy Spirit. His anointing is here. He's going to deliver you from the, from the bonds of death, from the lies of Satan. He's going to deliver you today. And all he's asking you to do right now, the Holy Spirit is saying, will you step out and come forward for your deliverance? It's an act of faith. Come on, come on, step out. Step out. If you need to come down here, you need to kneel. You need to get with God. This, it's time right now. Begin to just run to Jesus. Begin to call out his name. Begin to just declare. We're just going to worship just, just for a minute right now. We're going to enter into the presence of God. If you're in your seat and you want deliverance over your life, receive from the Lord today. He is waiting for you. He is open for you. You no longer have to walk in this darkness. You no longer have to walk in this addiction. You no longer have to be beat up by the devil of what you're not. Jesus called you his son and his daughter. And you can walk walk in that authority today. So in the name of Jesus, we come to you today, Father. And we're going to take a moment and we're going to lean in and we're going to, we're going to press into you, Jesus, because I need this demonic power broken over my mind. Jesus, we call out your name. We ask you to meet us fresh and anew today at this altar and right where we are. Lord, I, in the name of Jesus, I bind every work of the devil that's been lying to my brothers and my sisters today. God, right now, I break off every demonic power, every influence, every, every thought, anything, God, any lie from the enemy, any sexual perversion in Jesus' name. Come on, begin to lift your voice. Scripture says the man cried out to Jesus. Come on, begin to cry out to him. This is a new day. Begin to cry out to him. How much do you want your deliverance? Begin to cry out to him. Come on, we're just going to worship. Just cry out to God. Just begin to cry out to Him. We're not leaving here till you're set free. Come on. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.